0: I have an update on the landlord situation. Oh. Yeah. Finally got her fucking ass in gear. Uh, she wanted to come over. Um okay. After ghosting for weeks, she wanted to come over, and I said no. I, this all goes through the letting agent, and I was like, look, we've had two off-schedule inspections because of her, where the only thing that's ever been turned up is not shit I've done, it's shit she won't do. And now she wants to come over before she fixes anything. No, because at the last inspection, we got a call from the letting agent with her complaining about clutter in the house. Which the letting agent, when they had the last inspection, like, admitted that that was out of line. And I was right to be offended by that. Especially because her complaint was, we have, like, a really thick blanket on the dining room table. And we've got an old TV um, turned on its um, face because there's some bits in it that need fixing. And hmm. that was her idea of something that would cause structural damage to the house.
1: Not, you know, any of the structural damage issues happening to the house that she's ignoring and not fixing. Yeah. But not, not those.
0: Meanwhile, the basement had a hole that let mice in that chewed a hole in the dishwasher um, pipes... So that was leaking water everywhere because the the mice wanted water. So they did that, which attracted fruit flies, which spread water as well. Under everything, the um, floor panels in the kitchen have started to bubble up. Um, But I think, one of the, the good things about a landlord being so fucking lazy that they have, like, agents do their stuff for them is there's a measure of third-party accountability there. Mm. So when she had another inspection round and they sent, like, the, t- like the head of the office round this time because it had dragged on so long with the maintenance requests, as near as I can tell, she pretty much made us right on everything and was like, yeah. This needs doing, this needs doing, this needs doing. No, she shouldn't criticise how you use your living space. Yeah.
1: It,
0: yes, I understand you're offended by that. Um, which is what I told her about the inspection. I said, look, if she wants to come around and just look at the issues, okay. If she's coming round to, like, fucking criticise me again, nah But anyway, we've had some maintenance guys round. It was a two-day job. They're just wrapping up now. Fix a whole bunch of stuff. That That absurd sink that we've talked about, that you've seen, Laura, in that downstairs bathroom, that's just a pole coming out of the floor with a weird opaque bowl on top of it. Um, A translucent uh, green bowl on top, and then a pipe going into the wall, and that's it. The original plumber she sent round said, that needs replacing, just taking out and and a proper sink putting in, and she said no. These guys have said, same thing. They've, like, fixed it a bit with silicone, but, like... Just using hot water is going to, like, ruin the pipes on it and everything. Um, so it's just going to be more water damage in the end. But I do feel pretty good that, like, she's been boxed into the point where she's had to fucking fix shit. The dishwasher did explode this morning.
1: That's not ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had um, a lady come around to help with the cleaning because, like, my disabilities are at a point where, like, it... I just need fucking help. So we had her around at the same time as maintenance men, which as someone with my social anxieties and and need for um, control of the space, of of a living space, was was already a bit stressful. At the same time, a man delivering some shopping came around. And then the dishwasher um, just riot hosed (laughs) everything in the kitchen. Especially me. It seems to steer itself. Now, I've been told that I get a bit paranoid sometimes and blame the cosmos um, for having it out on me, like having it out for me personally and vindictively, which isn't paranoia because it's just a straight fact. Conrad knows. I always tell people that. Mm -hmm. I say, Conrad knows. Mm -hmm. He's... true he's lived like within walking distance from me and has helped me god bless him god bless you <laughs> comrade. you've helped me with so much stuff like when I was uh, in Philly and beyond and before um,
2: you know the kind of yeah.
0: shit that happens to me
2: yeah you, uh, you definitely have some sort of like chaos uh elements to your life that I I don't know if in a prior existence you made some sort of bad deal with a trickster god or something, <laughs> but you, yeah. you you actually this is a, a trend among many people I know. Jonathan Holmes, same mm. way. I I don't know what it is about the people that I I am around that. Well, that, you've that always sort of said.
0: Hmm. Hang on, I've I've worked this out. You've always told me. That you have a charmed
2: life. I do that need a charmed you life. you <laughs> are a, a, a lucky little boy. That must be it. I'm absorbing everybody else's good fortune. You fey
0: motherfucker. <laughs> I have... I've had teams of scientists studying you for years. Colin. The, <laughs> the boys in the lab trying to work out if you're some sort of fey. And the results have always been inconclusive. Uh, sorry, you're probably hearing drilling in the background. That'll okay, be them sorry. wrapping things up. Um, you fey motherfucker. <laughs> you, you've siphoned off everybody else's good fortune and, and left us to be sprayed down by errant dishwashers. And Got I clearly don't there. have
2: enough friends based on how things are going.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to have to like, like start socialising more so that you can get more luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh but yeah like god bless the the lady who was helping with the cleaner like she was passing me the shopping from the pan so like where it was dry while i was like being just drenched in water trying to get some bananas on top of the uh on top of the bread because there was no space and i couldn't go further into the kitchen um so that's my day
1: uh i am incredibly stressed out um how is everybody else my face is a tap that won't stop running. I have Ooh. a cold and it's infuriating. Like, it's not bad enough that, like, I can justify going to bed and not working, but it's bad enough that it's just irritating. That's how I'm doing today. Oh, I'm very sorry to but hear I, that. That's all right. I played a shit ton of video games this week, though, and you I actually have positive opinions about games this week. That's a, a, that's a nice treat. I played more than one, like, new video game that I thought was good. Well, I Ooh. do. I do know
0: and I'm sure we'll get to it, uh, that you did play a very new video game. So new, in fact, that (laughs) it ain't even out yet. And maybe the listeners, this will be a fun thing for the listeners at home, maybe they can guess who
1: published a video game that would be out, like, a week before its street date. Look, there are, there, is, there is at least one company out there that is not doing a good job of making sure that people don't sell their games before they're supposed to and also has a console that is very easy to then distribute that widely once copies get out. And also, I happen to know somewhere I can get copies that uh, will sell them before they're supposed to. So I have been ah. playing some Nintendo stuff this week again, as I sometimes do. As you sometimes do. As I sometimes do. Uh, oh, should I, should I talk about should I talk about that marriage? Wanna know about that Mario? I actually do. Like, I'm sort of looking forward to it. Um, I, I don't mind Mario. Yeah, I don't mind so, ma- Mario Wonder is fucking fantastic. Oh, I am really, really, really happy with it, and I've been trying to work out like how I want to explain what it's doing well, and I think the best way to succinctly pitch it is. It finally feels like a 2D Mario game has the sort of creative, off-the-wall, confident throwing of ideas at you that have come to exemplify the 3D Mario games over the last few console generations. Mm. This is a 2D Mario game that feels as mainline and main series of a Mario game as something like a Odyssey or a Galaxy or something like that. That
0: Um, is good, because... Like, the 2Ds typically have been, like, complete throwbacks.
1: Yeah. Like They'll they like add, like, a new power
0: yeah. or
2: two. Yeah, there'll be, like, some element. Like, I remember the big mushroom in New Super Mario Bros. being, you yeah. know, a thing. But, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, there's one or two power-ups that get tossed in that sort of change things yeah. up a bit. But they're very iterative.
0: Be, yeah. They're not, yeah. like, like, Mario Odyssey, like, a big thing.
1: Yeah, and there is, like, a little bit, like, the core of this game is built upon that sort of iterative approach. Um, Like, you you initially start playing this, there's some things that will stand out to you, like, the art style's very nice, I love the expressive stuff they're doing with these new character models, I'm so glad they've moved away from the new Super Mario Brothers style they've been using for, like, 10-15 years at this point. And like, initially you start playing these levels and they are creative, they're colourful, they've got interesting things going on, but it does, you know, on the surface it is built upon one of those 2D Marios where it's like, I'm I'm playing a Mario platformer and I've got my couple of new power-ups, I can be a, I can can have a a screw on my head that lets me go in the ceiling, I can be an elephant. But the thing about these levels is, A, every single one of them has like a very clear core gimmick that... Is just for one level and then they move on from. And often that means entirely new assets, new enemies, new environment designs. The amount of like sheer artistic design thrown at this game. Like, I was left wanting more multiple times because there would be a great idea and the game would go, cool, we've done it, got something new for you. And that kind of design can feel unrewarding unless you have enough fantastic like consistently fantastic ideas to keep it up. Yeah, and I think that's like the first thing to say about this is it 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 is so confidently full of fantastic ideas well executed that I don't mind when a good idea is put aside very quickly because I know an equally good idea is coming. Uh but the thing that is like the the poster design for this game is every level contains a hidden big collectible items sometimes a little hidden sometimes like just a little platforming to get to called a wonder seed and when you go and get it something absolutely fucking bonkers happens to the level and i don't want to spoil too many of them because not knowing what happens when you pick one of these things up is a big part of the charm but i want to give like two or three examples of the variety of the kinds of things that might happen um in one very early level that was full of a lot of um, a lot of warp pipes uh, that initially didn't seem like they were doing much, I grabbed the wonder seed, and suddenly the level became—you know—at the end of Portal Two, there's the the turrets do a sort of um, group opera number, sort of yeah. uh, in unison. A bunch of piranha plants are popping in and out of all of the warp pipes you're trying to platform over, doing a very similar to that musical number, dancing and singing. With voice acting, lovely, and you're trying to du- jump out the way of the the musical number as it's happening in time with the music. Oh, that sounds great! Right, um, one level f- for some reason, ex- I touched the wonder seed, and inexplicitly, uh, inexplicably, I was like eleven feet tall, but my proportions hadn't changed. I was just incredibly long in the legs, and I had to like work out how to do platforming with like my tiny little toadette body on like just screen filling legs. <laughs> that changed how my platforming worked entirely, and like my crouch worked. I had one where the level kept tilting after I got the wonder Seed, and I was like having to run away from boulders chasing me, and every time I t- picked up a little coin, the shift would change, and I'd have to deal with the level shifting me a different way now. And every single level has a gimmick like this. There is not a level without something like this, and it never feels like it is dipping back into a well of stuff it's already done. Hmm. And that... I, I I was really impressed with how 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 well this game does at completely changing its mechanic and without having to explain to you what's different. Like, doing a really good job of visually telling you this is how things work now, get moving. And making that feel like something that doesn't have a learning curve and that feels well meshed with the core platforming. It never feels like in those moments I am not playing a well polished Nintendo developed Mario game. Um, on top of that I really appreciate that this game has a structure that doesn't require you to do absolutely every single level line- linearly in order. Um, you have like little stretches of, of like levels where it's like you do these levels and then you'll get to an open area, and in order to progress, it's like, hey, you need to find a, a certain number of these uh, these collectibles from levels. There's a bunch of levels here in this area. You can complete whichever ones you want to complete, and if there's one you can't do, don't worry about it. You can go do the Wonder seeds in levels, you know, rather than doing a different level. It gives you a lot of flexibility if a level's causing you trouble. Uh, if you are looking for, like, very challenging platforming, that is definitely here, and I am impressed at how confident Nintendo has gone in terms of, like, throwing very ridiculous high-end challenge in there, like, fairly early if you want it. um, As early as I think the second level I found this branching path that was like, hey, we're gonna give you a difficulty rating, this level is incredibly fucking hard, don't worry about it if you don't want that, but if you complete it, it starts leading you on a chain of other very difficult levels. And when I say very difficult levels, like, I started this chain on levels where I was like, this this feels like I'm having a more difficult, like a more challenging platforming experience than like late game level areas of Celeste. Like hell. there was... And and like a good example of that is one of those first ones was a um, a wall jumping challenge. And it wasn't just that I was having to do precise wall jumps, but it was precise wall jumps while platforms behind me were disappearing. So I had to be doing them quickly enough to... Reach the next platform before like the the platforms behind me were all gone, um and it's completely optional, and the game makes it very clear. it's like, hey i are, are you enjoying this creative game, but you just wish it would kick your ass a bit more over there's where it's gonna kick your ass anyway, everyone else continue playing over here hmm. um, and I really like that. I really like that it's not afraid to go look if you're looking for for more precision required of you. You we're going to we're going to have a little area for that. It's not the main quest, but it's here. Um other things about it that I think are really neat. Um there is a series of badges you can collect in this. Um and you can have one of them equipped at a time, and they fundamentally change one aspect of how Mario controls. And it could be something like uh, if you hold down the jump button, you get a little extra flurrying in the air, like uh, like a sort of Yoshi would do. Uh, it could be something like if you jump on a wall, uh, the first time you don't like wall kick off of it, you jump up the wall an additional time before you wall kick off. And they're all very little tweaks, and none of them are necessary for levels, but they're all really nice little things that I as I'm playing through, there are certain ones I've gravitated towards that I personally find really useful. There are some that are situational that I use for specific level types. There are some of them I just look at and go, I can't wait to watch speedruns of this game, because I'm sure you could find a way to break a level with this. Um, And all of this sort of comes together into this really tightly designed package. Um, I don't think I've played a bad level in it, it is... I'm maybe three or four worlds deep into it, and it still feels like it just has endless new ideas it wants to throw at me. It is absolutely the most I've cared about a 2D Mario in a long time. It is a superb fucking game.
2: I'm wow. I'm excited to play it. Yeah? Yeah, I yeah. haven't played a 2D Mario um, maybe since New Super Mario Bros., which... Uh,
1: They've been pretty the same for a while. Yeah, I
2: mean, you know, and that's not a diss on the series uh, or or any of that. It's just I haven't gotten around to them, and I'm probably ready for another 2D Mario. And yeah, I'm I'm keen for this. I will check it out.
1: Yeah, I will briefly talk about one other game before we move on because I did play one other um 2D side-scrolling platformer this week that I don't have such amazing thoughts to share on. Ah, uh, we um, both not... have thoughts on this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you you've been you've been checking out Sonic Superstars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I actually like it for I... a fair portion of it.
1: Yeah, this is the thing. It's there are times I really like it. I'll it's tell you... just Sorry. it's inconsistent, isn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you
0: what it what my thing with it is. Mm-mm. I like the levels, I think most of them are quite well designed, so there's some bullshit but yeah. i I am pleased that what this is is a proper throwback sonic game, yes, um, it's not like when they did Sonic Four and they still yeah. had to like fuck with it a whole bunch. Now, I liked Act one of Sonic Four, yeah controversially, but <laughs> They did fuck with it a lot. And yeah. Sonic Mania I f- is fucking superb. It is, yeah. Sonic Mania is, is top tier. But they did play with it quite a bit to the point where it's very much a sort of barrage of stuff. Really good hmm. stuff. But it was very much a his old school Sonic, but very in your face and, and very extra. Whereas this really does take it back. Um, and I like that until I get to the bosses.
1: And that's my problem. Yeah, we'll talk about those bosses in a second. But like, you see what I mean? When I when, when I played this back in August at Gamescom, I was surprised at how much in the the levels I played there I enjoyed the little gimmicky things in stages they were doing. And I still feel that way playing the full game now. I think that they've done a really good job with the levels themselves of like having good traditional sonic stages and when they do a gimmick it feels fun it feels like well designed not like it is trying to be the future of what sonic is it's just like we're gonna be this for a minute and that's fun i honestly wish there was more of that like the levels with the gimmicks have been the ones i've had more fun with um in some cases than some of the traditional levels some of the traditional levels have been a bit hit and miss in their quality um But, yeah, the bosses are, um... (sighs) They are...
0: (sighs) Boring. They drag on too long. Agreed. Some of them are just obtuse, where it's like, you've not really demonstrated what I'm doing here.
1: A lot of them feel like I should be killing them, like, two hits earlier than I am.
0: You literally should, actually. Because, traditionally...
1: 3 yeah, hits what, three? gets yeah. a bus
0: and i have sort of been keeping check and it does seem like 5 hits is uh, what takes down one of these buses
1: it's not always though cuz like the uh the clown one where you've got to turn over all the little signs to hit it that's 3 yeah uh, that's a uh, that's an act 1
0: bus i think the act ones like mid bosses i think they're like more around 3 whereas when you're fighting eggman um a lot of you those might be have right, been 5 actually yeah who knows at this point either way it's not even the hits well that's Mm. part of it it's not just the hits some of the patterns because almost all these bosses are they're gonna do some attack or attack sequence and then expose the spot for you to jump on and some of it is just so long fucking winded where it's like boss you've made your point like, yeah. I get what the pattern is, and you're just still doing it.
1: Yeah, like, there's one I'm thinking of that I found a bit frustrating. And um, without being spoilery, it was one of the Eggman fights where there are there is a spinning thing you can grab onto and fling yourself at Eggman. Yeah,
0: that's the pinball and, um, level. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and the thing about that one is it combines, I think, two problems, which is one of his attacks has, like, a really weird, awkward... Um, um, positioning to it that's just like annoying to avoid paired with I finally did the thing and I can launch myself at Eggman but I wasn't quite precise enough with my very fast spinning launch and completely missed him and now I've got to do a whole new, two new attack cycles before I get another chance you to hit him. You've just
0: got to sit through that shit again. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's like I didn't struggle to avoid your attacks and I didn't struggle to know what to do. It's just you span me at a thousand RPM and I was slightly too late on a button press. And I didn't have enough time to give it a second go before you were back. And like, it's not enough that it's stopping me enjoying the game, but it's definitely like the low point on what is otherwise quite a positive game. Yeah, I I really
0: do like it. Like the first couple levels, Mm. I... Like the bosses were still shit. Um, They weren't annoying me, Um, but the first couple of uh, levels, I was like, "This is, this is the first good Sonic game since Sonic Forces. This is, this is good. This is like, I'm really happy playing this." Um, I, I I did laugh in the first level when every two seconds I was put into (laughs) a new bonus stage. Um, Yes, it was hard to enjoy the excellent fucking soundtrack.
1: Yes, they were trying very quickly to be like we need to we need to give you your first special ability, and we need to get start getting you coins, and we need to start getting you things. Yeah, I'm like I I know you want to introduce me to your mechanics. I get it. Like th- I will say the 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 bonus game uh, the bonus zones where you're going to get emeralds they feel like way more on the main path than they ever have done in Sonic before. They're not really hidden away. I think it's because they're tied
0: to. Getting yeah, like, little gimmicky abilities, and they don't
1: want they don't want they don't want you to not get the ability. I get yeah, it because
0: like getting the Chaos Emerald is, is super easy as well. Like because yes. you're doing this weird little grappling hook swingy thing, um, and they're not really hard to to catch. I really like the throwback bonus stages to the original Sonic, where those rotating little little mazes. Are happening. Yes, they're really fun. Like they've got some really nicely designed ones. Like that's just—I'm not one that often likes puzzles crammed into something uh, that isn't a puzzle mm. game. But they are really fun little puzzle levels. Yeah. I like those. What really fucking like—not to harp on the bosses again.
2: <laughs> no, but, but... <laughs> you
0: mentioned the the Pimble one. Uh, yes, the one that I really fucking hate. It was the one I did this morning. Was the one with the big hammer that's like bashing the ground and knocking a platform up for Mm. you to jump and ostensibly land on its head. But (laughs) you don't jump high enough, and it seemed to me the idea was to jump on the hammer itself, except the hammer kept knocking me out of my jumping Mm -hmm. animation. So if I'd have just landed on it, I'd have taken damage. Bits of the... Boss seems to be randomly incorporeal, so I'd like land into something and then take damage that I shouldn't have. At one point, despite being on top of the hammer just fine, at one point I jumped on it and it acted like it had crushed me, like I was stood on the floor. Like, hmm. it's just a fucking mess. It's like, it feels to me like they thought when they were making it, this game's too good. We've got to pour some <laughs> Sonic Team into it.
1: I, I want to be really clear, because I agree with you, but like I, I don't want to sound as down on this game as I probably do. I think that this is one of the better 2D Sonic games in a while. I think it's fucking I, great for the I, most part. I, yeah, I think that its levels are a little inconsistent. There are some levels that are great and some levels that are... Yeah, that's fine. It's not keeping like a bar of excellence up consistently, but it's never getting bad outside of the boss fights. Like it's, I I am having a really good time and I will play this Sonic game start to finish. I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't help. Like I I know that at least part of my feelings here are I've just gotten off playing Mario Wonder and that Mm. game has been such a high quality bar that go into playing this. I'm like, yeah, this was a really rough week for you to launch this Sonic game.
0: I will say as well, like, I am surprised they've launched. Well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but the fact they've brought it out as, like, a full premium priced game, especially compared to something like Mario Wonder coming out, I don't know if it's doing enough to justify that. uh, Uh, I mean, I'm.
1: I'm not I'm not disappointed in having you know having having picked it up I think it is worth I don't feel it is worth what they're charging necessarily. for necessarily
0: like you know I'm happy I'm playing it. Yeah. I'm just surprised that they didn't go for like a
1: 34 e kind of buck point. The thing about it is I think that price is fair for what what they're selling probably but in with with the imperfections it has it's going to have some trouble convincing everyone it's worth that price yeah. like it's 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 charging enough that like it, it's not necessarily always hitting the bar that it's price might suggest well
0: I guess it depends how much you get into the weird fucking battle royale multiplayer mode that it's got just just <laughs> unceremoniously there in the options I yeah. played some of that last night um, yeah, the, the the one where you've got to build your own little <laughs> robot build... out of coins you find in the level. I spent, like, <laughs> hours playing it, like, getting these medals to get bits for this robot, thinking, I have no fucking idea what this robot's for. I'm, I'm just making a robot. I don't know what it's fucking for. And then I remembered there were other um, things in the main menu. So skedaddled on over <laughs> to find that they've got a weird full guys kind of thing going on where there's this online multiplayer mode where there's like i don't know how many you get like maybe 10 or or maybe a bit more um players online uh with their little robots that all basically behave like sonic and you take part in three different stages one might be a very simple race just get to the finish line um one might be Collect little power-ups that let you shoot electric fireballs and just try and shoot as many other players um, as possible, and the one who shoots the most is the winner. Uh, one is, like, run around this big infinitely scrolling map collecting stars uh, that spawn. One is um, probably the truest to the sort of full Guys thing is uh, a survival um mini game where there are these platforms being destroyed by bombs that are being shot from the background and last one standing is uh the winner i don't know what to make of it like it's not terrible it's just very superfluous not offensively so i i'm just like as i play it i guess all i can think is just ha huh. okay I don't know if it was maybe something they imagined as a as a full-fledged game at one point and were just like nah no one's going <laughs> to bite off on this. But yeah. it's just strange that it's there, you know? Like you've got this real sort of old-school proper old-school Sonic platformer. And I could not believe that there was this Battle Royale online mode just in there.
2: It kind of just harkens back to the day where every game suddenly needed to have multiplayer. But like now yeah. they've gotten so granular, it's like, no, every game must be a Battle Royale. It's, yeah. That is odd. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, I should do um, a retrospective at some point on like, superfluous multiplayer modes. Mm. Remember the first Overlord had online like Mm. like yeah competitive multiplayer i think i got into one online game and that's like like when it launched right i had one person was playing singularity had a really good one actually that no one fucking played because no one fucking played singularity
2: um i liked the multiplayer in bioshock 2 for some inexplicable reason
0: Ah, uh, yeah, they uh, that was one of the ones that really at the time spoke to me in terms of what you said, where it's like, Oh, everything's gotta fucking have one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't terrible though. I will I will agree with you there. It wasn't dreadful. Um but, you know, I think it's telling that in subsequent re-releases they never do it. Yeah. Um it would be interesting one day if maybe they released that as a standalone thing. Just as its own little like release.
2: Yeah, it wasn't bad by any stretch.
0: I, I liked that you could play as like these um like original splicer characters. Yep. Uh that was cute. It was a very cute little mode looking back. Um I don't think I I can't remember if I was super into it or not at the time, but I looking back I think it was cute. Left for Dead, I think it was Left 4 Dead 2 had one. Um which again wasn't terrible. Um, like a whole bunch of um, humans versus necromorphs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess it does feel a bit yeah. like that. Yeah. Like a very granular, like you say, uh, tack on. I'm not offended that it's there. It's not unenjoyable. I just don't think I'll be spending too much time on it. I do like the idea of building a little robot, but I wish it was, yeah. since you can play as like different skins for Sonic. And they've got, like, DLC that has, like, different costumes for everyone. Like, Lego versions or the rabbit um, instead of Sonic. That just plays the same. Um, Hmm. I don't know why the robot isn't playable as a a skin for Sonic. Right. I'd get more use out of that. Like, I was kind of... I liked all the medal collecting, the fact that you can get medals for all sorts of things because some are hidden in the levels, some are rewards for those bonus minigames, um, there's like a golden enemy hidden in each level mm. and you get a medal for that. I like that a lot, but all of those medals are in service of building a robot that only works on a real throwaway online mode.
1: It feels like it could have been the Sonic Forces character creator. Mm. you play as your own little nonsense character and it probably would have done a great job at being that
0: yeah and it doesn't it wouldn't change anything
1: because it
0: just plays like it's just a sonic skin is what it is um but yeah you know i made a I, i popped a little pumpkin head on my robot painted it pink obviously and the only way i get to use that is is by doing that mode that I don't hate the mode, but I'd rather just play it in the actual video game that I bought to play. Um, so, yes, uh, very much, I think, in alignment with you on this, it's often a very good game that sometimes just, just has to be a Sonic game about it. Like a, a latter-day one. It just has to be Sonic Team about itself sometimes. Um Otherwise, it it is very good, yeah. and I think I might this Monday finally get around to doing that gymquisition uh, on how Sega and Sonic Team need to, for God's sake, just stick with I, something for once. Yes,
1: yeah. this this is probably the most I have felt that way since. Um, was it Lost World? Lost World was um, the the
0: first time I ever entreated yeah. Sega. Please, this game is almost great. There's something here just
1: build on it don't reinvent the wheel again I, and then they yeah, did i 100 percent feel that way about this like i have little problems with some of the design of some of the levels and there's some things that could be improved but if this was the direction of future 2d sonic games i'd be very happy take what works here fix the little things make it a little better going to be great. Yeah. I don't throw this out. We
0: never got another game like Sonic Generations, which was one of the like, the proper 3D modern Sonics that was genuinely fucking great. We never got another Sonic Mania, which was across the board, beloved. Like, mm. do you know how rare it is that I agree with the main Sonic fandom on anything? Sonic Mania. That's the un- That's how many times... I've seen eye to eye with that community. Sonic Mania. And we never got another one or anything like it. Because they reinvent the wheel. Sadly, I think the only Sonic game that's probably ever going to get a direct sequel is that fucking Frontiers.
1: Yeah. But
0: then again, maybe with a sequel, they will like do what I've been wanting them to do and build on it. And then Sonic Frontiers 2 could have some actual content in it. Or at least... Uh, uh, pop in that doesn't occur when Sonic's directly on fucking top of something. That'd be nice.
1: Yeah. Uh what about you, Conrad? You've been playing anything this week?
2: Well, I did go back and finish Amanda the Adventurer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh
2: how how are you feeling now you're done with it? Um pretty much the same if if I'm honest. Um mm-hmm. It it uh the, the one thing that we were hung up on was um a ladder puzzle involving a robot that leaves clues. And they're good. Like they, they give you they're giving you just enough information mm-hmm. to figure out what they're doing. Uh but sometimes you have to like interpret just a little bit. I really like those last Few puzzles um in the latter end of the game i I'm not satisfied with the filling in of the narrative gaps
1: yeah i I haven't done what I think is the last loop, and i I'd been a little worried that might be the case, yeah, I was like, if i don't finish this, I can live in a world in which maybe there's a good ending that i haven't come back to
2: yeah and well, and maybe there is maybe there is secretly a sixth ending maybe uh-huh. keep keep the dream alive i guess <laughs> um yeah it's and it's not that it's bad at any point it it just isn't um satisfying in its in its conclusions like a lot of these kinds of games and and this is to you know to an extent makes sense because it's consistent with the structure. Um, but they just end, you know, or they just Mm -hmm. skip to something, and there is a certain measure of unease you can inflict upon the player by doing that. And there's, and that's, I totally understand the appeal of using those sorts of mechanics, but it does not, um, lead to a resolution, you know, it's not conclusive. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
2: um, but but good puzzle, good game. I I, I like I liked the experience. I just wish it had left me with something that felt complete. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh I played another like triple A big video game this week that I actually thought was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing through Spider Man 2.
2: Oh, I want to play that, but you know, yeah, it'll be yeah. a year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. There's not a huge amount to say about what, why I love this game, because a lot of it is the same things I would have said about the the original Spider-Man or Miles Morales. It is a open-world adventure game that feels very, very satisfying to move around in, where the side quest content is set up in a way that feels manageable to 100% and desirable to do so. Had a great time with it. It's largely building on top of the, the framework that already works, and... Gameplay mechanics-wise, um, that is mainly in terms of new traversal and new combat mechanics. Um, traversal: there is now a wingsuit. You can have sort of webs under your wings, be like a flying squirrel, and sort of glide through the air. And considering how superbly, like, well done that game's like swinging mechanics are, I think that the new the new gliding mechanic works incredibly well and. Uh, It meshes with the swinging very well and finally made it so that, like, it it feels good enough to do that I didn't always just want to be swinging. That thing that was already good enough, I never wanted to use fast travel. I really appreciate a lot of the ways that you can sort of gain additional bits of height during that, and that you can sort of transfer back and forth between swinging and gliding to just really rocket across that open world if you are trying to get somewhere. There is a lot of really smart stuff done with... Having a feeling of power scaling throughout this game in terms of uh, its main characters feeling like they are getting more abilities and able to do more things without increasing the complexity um, mechanically of the the combat system, which I think is is very well handled. This is a game that you can play most of the time as either Peter Parker or Miles Morales. Um, There are certain missions that are like, this is a Peter Parker mission, this is a Miles Morales mission. But in between that... You can just pick who you'd rather be playing as and play as them. Uh, So for me, this was 90% a Miles Morales game, despite the fact that the main plot clearly wanted this to be a Peter Parker video game. And I I appreciate that the game let me play it that way. Side quest content in this, I think, is maybe the biggest error of improvement over the the original and Miles Morales. There is a greater variety of side quest uh, types now that have fewer instances of each side quest. So one of the side quest types being a little vague is oh there's some bases for this group and there oh, you got to shut down the bases there's like four of them in the entire map you you go do that mission to that's side mission type maybe four or five times and you're done none of the side quest types really outstay their welcome which is good you know for for not feeling repetitive um gameplay wise They've minimized the amount you need to be doing those like street level crimes that pop up in order to like 100% areas. A lot of the side quests are introduced in the main story with a narrative crux that justifies why you'd want to do them, and after doing like four or five maybe like four or five instances of the side quest, you get a a proper cutscene conclusion that makes it feel like it was part of the main narrative. Like there is decent reward for for doing that side content. Talking about it uh, narrative-wise, without getting into spoilers, I'm really impressed at how good of a job they did with some of the Spider-Man stories being told here. From trailers, it's no secret that Venom is in this, uh, Harry Osborn is in it, um, that uh, I think we've seen, seen some other ones that... Um, i try to think who else... Craven's the uh, main uh, one, right? Uh, Craven. Craven's the one I was thinking of. So there's Craven, there's there's Venom, there's Harry Osborn. Harry Osborn in particular I want to talk about for a minute, because without getting into spoilers, I sometimes struggle with Harry Osborn's Spider-Man stories. Because I sometimes struggle to believe that Peter and Harry are friends. Because Harry's often portrayed way too quickly as like, he's a jerk, but they're friends because science this is the most i've ever been invested in like genuinely believing that this peter and harry are friends and that they care about each other and i think that does a lot for how they tell this story i really like their take on craven their take on craven is really interesting and very very well written very well performed i love this craven very much they're clearly gonna do another of these there's clearly gonna be a sequel at some point but I don't know how you do that, because they threw so much fucking Spider-Man material at this game. There were multiple points in this game where I was like, cool, we have multiple villains going on and multiple plot threads. Yeah, this feels like enough to carry us through the game. And then they would introduce, like, four more characters having, like, more plot lines going on. And the the thing that's really impressive is that they didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel overly bloated. It felt like they gave each each of these these characters like proper time to have their their little narrative and their own breathing room in, in the plot. But they they really left nothing they left very few Spider-Man characters not used for a sequel. And uh that that doing that and making that feel satisfying is, is quite impressive. I never usually do this during like busy review period. I a hundred percent did this game, I went and got the platinum trophy i I put maybe thirty hours into it and walked away going that was fantastic. No wasted time. i absolutely completed a video game in thirty hours, and I felt very good about it it's it's- It's real good, it's good for many of the reasons that the previous two were good. It's more of that it's yeah good. I mean
0: given the the quality last time yeah. it's good to know, but not surprising, like yeah, they know what they're doing, and yeah i would be shocked if they didn't do another one like just the critical and commercial success like that spider-man is a series
1: the the vague way i would say what i suspect they will do with the sequel is i think we that they are building to this felt like it was the the main plot was peter's plot miles had a plot and it was very good and he had some wonderful character development for him i feel like if we get a sequel it will be miles forward I think we will see more of Miles' extended sort of rogues gallery starting to come in. That's sort of the vibe I get. Right, um, but yeah, like the the things the things that are improved here are all really minor things that are nice. Uh, they're all steps forward. They're things like, if you do use fast travel, which I didn't really until I was trying to do a couple of trophies at the end, um, you look at the map and you put your, your marker like on a street and you're like, oh yeah, that, that intersection, I hold down the fast travel button, and it zooms in on the map, and then you are on that corner of the street. It puts you exactly where your, your cursor was in like two seconds. That's that's really impressive when it happens. Felt very cool. Nice stuff. Didn't change the fact I didn't want to use fast travel but I could, and it felt very cool when I did. Yeah, so it's a good Spider-Man game. Uh, what about you, Steph? You played anything else this week?
0: I have played Lords of the Fallen, which I know that you um, have also played some, Laura. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you played, if like whether it was all the
1: way through. So I'm in a weird situation with this game where I have played a bit of it since it released, but I've also played, like, th- most of the game ahead of release. Um I did a I did some mock review work which meant I played the game before it was released uh in order to sort of be like hey what would my review be if I played it today. So I have a bit of a jumbled view of this game.
0: Um <laughs> That's all right. The game has a bit of a jumbled view of itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll leave you to talk about it and then I'll I'll chime in at the end with um, some thoughts. So I'm
0: impressed first and foremost Coming off of, and having, you know, I replayed it a few weeks ago, we talked about it on here, the original Lords of the Fall. Actually, I'm not even going to call it the original Lords of the Fallen, because that <laughs> implies that this is a follow-up in any way. It is not a sequel. It is not a reboot. It is not a remake. It is not a remaster. It is not even a spiritual fucking successor. It's a
1: very different fucking video it game. It is
0: <laughs> to Lords of the Fallen as Troll 2 is to Troll. It is <laughs> in name only. They just took the name and put it on something else, which I'm fine with because Lords of the Fallen was dog shit. This is not. What this is is possibly the Souls-like that has most plagiarized Dark Souls. And I don't mean that as a negative. Mm. (laughs) It is just Dark Souls, aesthetically, stylistically. Uh, Now, it does do some original stuff, but Mm. when you're playing it in the moment-to-moment, it just feels like a new Dark Souls when it's at its best. It just feels like a new Dark Souls, and I've got no problem with that. I do like the aesthetic, which, again, Mm. very borrowed from Dark Souls, but they are very colourful with it at times. Um, Not, like, super Mm -hmm. vibrant and garish, but, like, there are outdoor sections where there is, like, red sunlight pouring in, and it's
2: Mm. fucking
0: gorgeous. This game, at times, is utterly beautiful. The combat and everything? Fucking solid. Really good weapon variety, really good fucking spells. Mm. I went with, like... Their version of Cleric, like, Radiant Magic. Fucking brilliant stuff. There's one where, like, I can summon two versions of the game's first boss, and she just, like, appears in this sort of big glowing sunlight and just fucking munches (laughs) stuff. I like that co-op is all the way through. I don't like that hardly anyone's playing it, it seems, or the multiplayer is just that bad, but it's so hard to get a game going. But when you get it going, the fact that Mm. if they die, you just respawn with them. If they kill a boss, you can still keep playing with them, which I like because while I like to co-op and help other people... There are moments in this game where I'm like, fuck this. I'm tagging in. Like, I, I, I'm going to have my hand held here because in some areas the maps are just a fucking mess. Mm. And I don't mean in terms of polish. It's a very well put... Well, on the PS5, now Case Explosion was telling me about the PC version where apparently it's just a fucking glitch fest for days. But on PS5, I was, I've been surprised by how well polished it is. Mm. But what it's getting wrong is something that some souls likes do, where they take the wrong lessons from Dark Souls. Hmm. And that's what this game does. Uh, Lies of P had a similar issue when it came to ambushing, where every corner had an enemy behind it to the point where I was no longer surprised. My eyes just rolled. What this game does, what Lords of the Fallen does to ramp that up, is not only is there an ambush behind so many breakable objects Mm. and so many corners that you just get sick of it they've also got some areas where they've like they've thought to themselves you know what dark souls needed platforming sections and then (laughs) on top of that they thought you know what dark souls platforming section needs little fucking cunts that
1: hide round a corner and have a shove move that pushes you 500 fucking yards you're on about that area with the wooden the wooden walkways um down the side of that sort of cliff thing kind of near the the base of operations i found two
0: areas one was near the hub area that I think you're referencing. Um, The other was this sort of grey, dismal area that is nothing but wooden planks. This is the one where you're trying to do the big sort of climb upwards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, unlike any other Souls like I've played, the prevalence of projectiles, Mm. especially the same little cunts that have the (laughs) 500-yard shove, are also projectile throwers. (laughs) And so you are like running through these levels being harassed and that's what it feels like just harassment and that's added to by the game's primary differentiating gimmick which is a great idea but it's had a an unusual negative side effect for me the core idea is great it's essentially soul reaver there's Hmm. another world layered over the top of the main world you have this lamp, and you can switch into that world. And they've got an interesting gimmick where if you die, if you die in real, you go into this umbral world, which is the same yeah. level layout, but everything's blue and spooky, and there's like all weird uh, some, shit on the walls. Sometimes
1: it's a slightly different layout, and you sometimes get like ghostly platforms you can't yes. see in the regular world that are visible there, but it. it for well the yeah, like I mean
0: I mean yeah. in terms of map playout it like it's the same world but you're right there are like some areas that you can't cross in the real world. One of the biggest examples is there's no water in the umbral world. So if there's like a big swamp you can cross it by going umbral and just walking
1: across. Yes, wa- water not existing in the umbral plane the first time you click that that's just like a rule is kind of cool. Yeah. Um has its own enemies. I
0: like that before you shift you can hold the lamp up and it everything yes. that the light
1: sort of covers shows you the umbral world that's and, neat yeah. um, and and i like some of the, the things around that cuz like to to quickly jump in sometimes they'll be like oh i can get over there if i go across this bridge that only exists in the umbral world cool well i don't want to give up my like protection from a death so i'll like just try and like shine the lamp and walk across it while i see it but if any enemy hits me and the lamp stops pointing yeah. at the floor, I will fall to my death. And like that sort of trade of I I'm, I can try and cheese this and not necessarily go to the umbral yet um, to, to keep that little layer of safety on my health, I thought was pretty neat. Yeah. Um,
0: so the side effect, the, the negative side effect <laughs> is it's a, conf- uh, a congregation of everything I've mentioned. With the added issue that the longer you stay in the umbral world, the more dangerous it gets. Until you start getting stalked by this big red thing that um, Mm. I haven't felt brave enough to try and fight yet. But (laughs) if you stop, if you stay still, you get fucking mullered. Now, what happens is you are being pelted by projectiles because everything in the real world is still there. So Mm. all the enemies that were originally there have been joined by the Umbral exclusive enemies with a time limit before things (laughs) get so dangerous you will probably just die. And some of the maps are not intuitively designed. Mm. It can be very easy to run around in circles thinking, what the fuck am I doing? And the problem is you can't really explore because there are some areas where you have to go Umbral to progress because it's Mm. blocked otherwise. So I have been in areas where I am being pelted and the clock is ticking and I am desperately trying to find somewhere where I can... Because you can't switch back to the real world unless you find certain areas that... Certain uh, monuments that let you do it. So I am running around like a headless fucking chicken and feeling harassed and harangued and on a timer. And then you get to the final ambush that really salts the wound. (laughs) I have never been surprised by so many boss fights in my life. I have, Almost every boss fight has been an accident. Has been me wandering into something and going, Oh shit, the way back's blocked. Oh fuck, there's a health bar at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> and I've just been running around being pelted and having to heal and i'm in umbral form because if you die once in umbral you're done
1: your lifeline's gone you don't get so, a second chance oh fuck I, oh no I, I will say i do appreciate um for the boss fights that if you die in a boss fight the your your souls uh, equivalent do at least get put outside the door
0: what no so they don't-,
1: don't oh do they not anymore oh that must have been in that build, because, yeah. yeah at, at some point they were, I think. <laughs> no, they go in there, well... and there's a
0: fucking animation to pick <laughs> them up. So there's a good chance sometimes of the boss fucking murdering you uh, as you're trying to pick them up. Um, there have been moments where I have felt no shame um, bringing in a co-op player who hmm. has clearly, you know, they're random, but some of them have clearly like done these areas before yeah and just letting them guide me um and returning the favour in kind like this morning yeah. i i got someone through two buses um and sort of helped them like find the way um and then i got to that bit with the wooden walkways and the shoving and i was like sorry mate you're on your fucking own <laughs> i i needed help for that bit um i hate how much this game ambushes you it's <laughs> To the point of pathetic. Like, pathetic is what I think sometimes when I'm like, wow, you really just don't have another trick up your sleeve, do you? However, for the most part... Here's the big tragedy of the fact that I feel like some of the areas are just, like, gauntlets where I can't explore. I fucking love exploring this world. I really like... The world they've made it's gorgeous and it's got really interesting enemies and really lovely like architecture um and and terrain and i love just like looking at it but i don't feel i can st- i can stop and enjoy exploring when i'm in these areas that are massive gauntlets and the bosses are often staggered in such a way that you fight a boss there is one area where you fight a boss, you walk through a little cave, you go onto the cliffside, you cross a bridge <laughs> and the bridge breaks and then you're ambushed by another boss. <laughs> yes. And the moment between those buses is on this gorgeous sun-drenched cliffside that genuinely like, awestruck me. I stepped out and I was like, this is beautiful. I can't wait to explore the rest of this area. Why am I falling? Oh, that's a big ball made of meat and teeth.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, down in that pier. Yeah. Oh, the big flesh ball. I
0: felt very good today oh. helping someone else beat it, because now that yes. I've got that that radiant spell I mentioned, mm. like, I was just chewing through it. Yeah. Um, And that's the real shame of it for me, is yeah. I come to an area that is like, Fucking beautiful, and all I want to do is explore it, not without challenge. Mm. You know, I want enemies, and and yeah. and I want, I want the fun I have when I am in a new area of of many souls, likes so, and, and Dark Souls in particular. When I go to a new area, I know it'll be a while before there's a boss, and I'll just take my time and pick my way through and look for things and and like find secrets and and get to mm. grips with all the enemies. And I can't familiarise myself with so many areas of this game because I'm either running through a gauntlet or there's barely any of it before a boss turns mm. up. And I don't mind the bosses and I don't even mind the occasional gauntlet. But I want to spend time in this world and it doesn't want me to half the time. It just mm. wants to harass me to the next area. <laughs> and, and I'm like, just slow your roll. I'm not going to lose interest if you stop hurrying me. I'm... The opposite's happening. Mm. But, outside of those complaints, and and those complaints only exist because I'm liking it. (laughs) That's the thing. I I want to like it. I want to like the bits that are really grabbing me, but Mm. it keeps pushing me away. And... When I can just stop and smell the meat teeth mm. i I really like it it's yeah, it's not many people I think will look at it and just say, this is a blatant fucking rip off of dark souls, like more than the average souls like, but it's well made, it is well put together, well written, I like the dialogue and everything yeah. um. I love the characters, like, the character design. uh,
1: I love the blacksmith lady. I forget her name. She's fucking great. Greta. Greta's wonderful, right?
0: Yeah, Greta, who's got this ancient, timeless, like, being that's, like, lived through multiple universes, but she's, like, put manacles on it, and it's, like...
1: It's got real vibes of what if you managed to put, like, a leash on Cthulhu, and Cthulhu just had to sit there being, like... I have known the horrors of time, yet you will not let me free. Yeah. And she's like, ah, shut the fuck up. I'm making <laughs> swords over here.
0: There's like five dialogue um sequences where like he's just every time you try and talk to Greta, like he's like like you say, like, oh, I have witnessed the deaths of universes. And then like after five of them, she's just like, shut up, boo hoo. And then <laughs> she starts smithing again. Um yeah. I love the um, aesthetic of the armors and things that you can wear. Mm. Like, big long-nosed uh, masks, yeah. um, giant, like, Iron Maiden style, like, and spiky helmets. I,
1: I like that it's very generous with giving you lots of gear to try out. Yes. Like, it doesn't feel like it's lacking in throwing you new stuff to fuck around with.
0: Oh yeah, like, whenever I've seen an interesting bit of kit, um, on, like, uh, an enemy it's not often been stingy about dropping it yeah uh, the fact that you know I, I you know me i love my cool masks and things um in general and this game has plenty to choose from um to the point where i've been sort of flitting between outfits uh, like it's really got the fashion souls thing going for it like mm. i've had this uh big pointy triangle helmet that the uh i think the second boss was wearing um and all sorts of like One with a big stick on its back with bells, because I've been fighting. Like, my weapon is just a long stick with some bells hanging off the (laughs) end of it. Um, But it does, you know, it scales with radiance. Um, And then I switched out for the armour that the first boss was wearing, because you can get all the armour pieces. And unlike in Dark Souls, where, like, if you get the soul of a boss... You cash it in on one thing yes. only. This yes. lets you buy you... individual armor pieces, plus the weapon, plus spells yes. associated once with the boss.
1: Yeah, once you've beaten a boss, you you can just go to a shop and one by one slowly get every bit of their set. Yeah, and it definitely and that is takes so much time. nicer. It does, yeah. but you
0: can theoretically, feasibly, not yeah. just get everything of a boss's on one playthrough, but multiple stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. I really like it and i think a yeah. big part of it actually is the co-op which is why i'm just so mm. like i'm really disappointed that the co-op is is not working for some reason um mm. and i don't know if it's just selling really badly or if there was a big player drop off after launch um because i didn't get it till the next day so either everyone played it and was like that's fucking enough for me or there's yeah. something wrong with the like the network or something Because um, when I've managed like, In the first two days of playing it I encountered Three different players And Two of those times it was actually one player So I only ever encountered <laughs> two players um, Yeah on two separate days I ended up matched with the same Player and could find Nobody else um, mm. And when I'm offering my help As a co-op player it can take ages. And mm. even then, like, sometimes I've been disconnected. Um, but I'll leave it casually matchmaking while I play, and I can have an entire play session, and nothing happens. And I hate that, because this is a soul site with true co-op. Not just temporary.
1: True co-op. And... and... Instant friends matchmaking as well, if you want. I need to hop in and play some of this multiplayer with you. I've I I need to get in and play some. Oh, absolutely! Because... It's cross
0: network as yeah. well, so you'd right. think there'd be more players.
1: Yeah, so let me let me talk a little bit about how I feel about this yeah. game. Yeah. So i I've I've been playing a bit of it on PS five. Um, I played a good chunk of the game a little ahead of release, and like I've I've been playing the main thing now, and sort of where I fall on it is very similar to you, if not maybe a little more positive, but i really like a lot of what this game is doing i think that like it it does it a a disservice to point at it and go that's a dark souls ripoff because like yeah i get why you would but it is a if it's if it's a dark souls ripoff it's one of the better fucking dark souls ripoffs out there um in terms of like nailing the feel and the pacing of a lot of these things now, where I maybe differ from you on opinion is I I, I, I understand the frustration with some of the, like, getting ambushed and kicked off a ledge. It frustrates me a little less, mainly because of the existence of the umbral mechanic. The ability to have that safety net means usually I'm exploring most of the time in the non-umbral space. And if I get ambushed and fucking kicked off a ledge, I will spawn back on and go okay, time for me to go punish that fucker that kicked me off. And that's just enough of, like, taking the edge off that I don't, I don't get that annoyed by it. It's like, you did a cheap trick, but you did a cheap trick at a time where I should still have a safety net to come fuck you up about it.
0: Well, that's alright, until there's, like, areas where there's another fucking one ready to do it again.
1: Yeah, and I, 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 like, I don't I no, don't I get what you think that. you're wrong to feel the way you feel it just didn't uh, you know have that same impact on me. Um for me the bigger problem with the game and the thing that like as I got further into it was more frustrating was the lack of a proper map. Oh yes. Maybe I've just been spoiled by Elden Ring. Um but this game has a map that is like the whole world and it's very lacking in details or recognisable landmarks and you don't really have a way to orient which way you're facing and to use that to actually work out how to get somewhere you're trying to get.
0: It can give you vague directions, but nothing's labelled, so you don't know where you are on the map, so you don't know which direction to go.
1: Exactly. And beyond that, it's it's almost a little insulting that you get to areas and you're like, oh, I picked up a map for this area. And it's not a map, it's... A bunch of scribb like pictures and scribbles and like arrows pointing at things. I'm like, that's not a map, this area.
0: No, it's a glorified lore
1: entry. Like they come with a
0: little description, and it's
1: just a lore entry. It's not a map. I I think a lot of this game, it's fine to find where you're going. There was a point where I got really stuck and lost, and like the game just lacked that little bit of something that could help me orient myself and work out where progress was. Yeah. And that was my biggest problem. And it's not like it's a problem that's probably unique to the fact i was playing at a time where i couldn't go look at a a, a walkthrough or a guide and now you know i could just i could just google where to go so it's not such a big problem um but i generally really do like
0: areas where i found co-op useful when i could get it because there is one area in particular that's very much like what you said and it's i don't think it's either of our fault, especially since we've both reported it, some of the map design is really unintuitive, and it helps to just, like, tag someone in who knows the way. Like, I followed this guy throughout an entire area.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of places like, trying to find my way out of a, a big foresty swamp area at one point. I couldn't mm-hmm. find an exit somewhere that Fuck existed. That bit! And as you're sort of climbing up the big cliff face, trying to get up to the big tower at the top of a cliff, there's like a door. That I can't open, and I'm like trying to work out how to get further up this cliff and just couldn't fucking work it out for the life of me. I have a key at the moment.
0: I know Mm. I've seen doors for it. Can't fucking find them now.
1: There's a couple of places like that where, like, I wish there was, even if it wasn't a map, something to give me some kind of guidance to, like, get me on the right track after I've been lost Mm -hmm. for a while. But, like, those were my biggest problems with it. I think that it does a really good job of, like, feeling very good moment to moment to play. Um, I like a lot of the boss designs. I like the system with the umbrella getting more difficult the longer you're in it. I love the mechanic.
0: Don't get me wrong. It's the way it works with all the other sort of problems of making me feel rushed.
1: That's fair.
0: The fact that it's harder the more you stay in it. I like that as it's as a fundamental concept. Yeah. I do like
1: that. So my my take on it is... I really like that. First and foremost, it clicked early on that that was a good way to level grind. If I wanted to grind souls, was to mm-hmm. deliberately go to the umbral, umbral because you get like an experience modifier the longer you're in there. So, like, not only are there more enemies to fight, but they're worth more experience yeah. as you fight them. And that's quite good about is, that. Like,
0: yeah. you never feel like you have to grind to get a new to the next level. Like, it's been generous so far. Like, I'm level, like, 51 or so. I didn't have to spend ages farming to get it. Yeah. And you're right, the Umbral helps with that a lot.
1: And again, this is just personal preference. The way I felt about the Umbral in those moments was I really enjoyed that sense of, um, sort of tense, frantic chaos because it made new areas feel dangerous in a way that they didn't feel when I had the time to take them slowly, and I enjoyed that sort of slightly frantic, okay well I've seen, because I was just sprinting forwards trying to find a way out of the umbral like next time I go through this run, I know a bit of what's coming, I've seen a bit of it and I have a bit of a sense when I come back, and I liked that urban flow and I know it's not going to be for everyone but I did enjoy it Um, I think there is a lot to like in this game Mm -hmm. It is mainly just, like, my my biggest problem was it's not great about its own navigation assistance at times, and I can understand some of the complaints about, like, slightly cheap enemy stuff, but at least the safety net's there. But, like, I think that that shift between two realms mechanics does a lot to differentiate this game, and I am honestly surprised they didn't make a bigger deal of that mechanic in pre-launch like, promotion for the game. They barely fucking talked about that. And it's one of the things that, like, in my mind really defines the time I had with that game. The ways that, like, new parts open, a, for- a forward open up, the uh, moments where I had those frantic rushes trying to find my way out of somewhere that was getting more dangerous the longer I stuck there. I I think there is a lot to love here. It's a little janky, but it is... there's There's a lot to love in it. And I hope that they patch it and and you know polish it over time and i hope it you know some of the the issues people are having on things like pc get cleaned up because i think there is a really recommendable game here yeah
0: definitely as as animated as my complaints have been um as i said earlier the only reason that i care this much is because mm. of how much i've yes. been enjoying it
1: i feel the same and felt the same it's rare when I play a game for like uh, for work before release that when it comes out, I go, I'm, I'm itching to play that again. Now that I've gotten like a lot of work obligations I had in October out of the way, this is the game I'm going to be binging most of this month, and I am excited to do so. I want to know how it ends. I've not seen the end of this game. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Conrad, have you played anything else this week?
2: Uh, mo- no, not really. I mean, apart from the usual stardew valley which you know i'm in my third winter now and i'm optimizing the layout of my farm to fit three self-operating planting fields and then trying to make sure that i can have them hoed and fertilized in time for spring because it's just without the assistance of a second person in a multiplayer, I don't think it's physically possible to prepare these three fields in the allotted time mm. of a day. Um so yeah. Yeah, it's it's coming along. I'm happy yeah. with the status of my farm, but that's pretty much all I've been been doing is in terms of when I have time to play a game.
1: Mm-hmm I've played a couple of other things, but I'm probably gonna leave them till next week because we we've we've gone quite long and not made it to news yet. Have you played anything else you want to talk about this week, Steph? No, nah, all good. Cool. So let's let's rock it through a couple of bits of news. So the big one that's happened since last week, and we kinda knew this was coming. Microsoft has now formally acquired Activision Blizzard King for 68.7 billion dollars. Load of shit. It's
2: bully for. It's them. gone
1: through. It's happened. Good good for them. Um, Oh,
0: no, 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 not bully for them, (laughs) Conrad. They're going to be a bully for everyone fucking else now. Uh,
1: um, We don't need to linger on this too much. There's a couple of little stories associated with it. Um, um, Bobby Kotick is going to stay with Activision Blizzard King through the end of 2023, which the wording of that seems to suggest, like, probably very early January next year, he's going to be out the door with his big golden parachute. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: he won't return from holiday break.
1: <laughs> yeah, good riddance to him. Sucks that he's got to be paid an infinite amount of money to him get him there.
0: Him and every shady, corrupt fucker that circled the wagons around him. Yeah, while everyone else under them, many of them suffered under them, get to like worry about their jobs and what's going to happen in restructuring. Mm. Um, those men are only being rewarded. what they have is a massive reward for the labour underneath them that they were already rewarded with, like they were already profiting from, and all the the genuine fucking suffering they caused, they get to just be rewarded. And I do not believe, as some people are thinking, I do not believe Microsoft can just, like, rehabilitate Mm. what's deeply wrong with that company so easily.
2: No, I don't think so.
1: No. I, I agree with you, um, I, I will say I have one story on the, the docket that I did want to bring up where I'm like, I don't think that this acquisition is a good thing, you know, as a broad statement. I do want to highlight at least one story of one group of people who foresee one benefit happening that is worth noting. Um, the Communication Workers of America, uh, which is um, a uh, one, of, one of the unions we've talked about a fair few times, uh, has made a statement about the acquisition um, and something positive it is going to lead to um under a labor neutrality agreement uh microsoft will remain neutral when activision blizzard employees express interest in joining a union providing a clear path to collective bargaining for almost ten thousand workers uh and some more context on this um several groups of workers within activision blizzard king um in response to all the bullshit that went down there, did try and form unions and were unsuccessful, uh, specifically because of, um, uh, uh, I forget what the word is, for bu- bullying from bosses, uh, trying to bully people out of jo- forming unions. I feel like there's a term for that.
2: Well, yeah, it's it, um, labor suppression. They're, they're suppressing yes, organization. Yes.
1: Yes. I for some reason my main brain was blanking. But um that union was Union busting
2: was, would be another. Union
1: busting. Union busting is the one I was looking for. Um yes, there was a bunch of union busting shit going on um and as the, the CWA points out, um Microsoft has committed to allowing, you know, workers to join uh the the union without interference from management um as part of a uh First, I I will note, this neutrality agreement um, only lasts for 60 days. Why not fucking permanently? That's my complaint. But uh, they've said, Microsoft will take a neutral approach when employees covered by the agreement express interest in joining a union. Covered employees will be able to easily exercise their right to communicate with other employees and union representatives in a way that encourages information sharing and avoids business disruptions. Employees will have access to um, technology to help them join a union, confidentiality and privacy around their choice to join a union. The CWA and Microsoft uh, will work together to promptly reach an agreement uh, and uh, do arbitration if, if uh, any disagreements rise. That's all very positive, positive. I'm I'm happy for any workers who were union busted into not joining a union and will now have a bit more flexibility to join a union. Dot, dot, I dot. Will
2: believe it when I see yeah. it. Yes. And it so will, you will can't leave? prove a negative, I'm never going to believe it.
1: Well, that's the thing. It this requires on them actually being neutral and also why is it only why are you only neutral on this topic for 60 days? Why not generally be <laughs> allowed to oh, join? I, I somehow
2: missed the time limit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, no. They, this is so we're this not going to be this, assholes for yes. two months. There's, there is a sixty-day neutrality agreement well, we after the Activision Blizzard King for deal closes. Two, two months. Yeah, ah. there will be two months in which Activision Blizzard King workers can join a union without getting union busted. Basic <laughs> human rights terms and conditions apply. <laughs> it really, it really does. Like, look, I don't think they meant it this way, but it really does make it sound like, hey, sixty-one days from now, we're going to union bust your fucking asses. Your
2: asses are ours. It's amazing, yeah, kind of love it.
1: Honestly, the only thing that makes me believe this this um, neutrality uh, is that they put a time limit on it. Is that they put a time <laughs> limit on it? That
2: that makes me believe it more. I'm like,
1: they, if they weren't gonna, if they weren't gonna obey it, if they were just gonna pretend it didn't exist, they they would let it go on forever. Right. It's only because they're actually being neutral that they're like, yeah, but we can't be neutral forever, though, guys. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, um. Uh... It's not many other stories. We can we can sort of wrap this up quickly. Um... I, I don't know if either of you saw that, like, the PlayStation 5 is getting a slight redesign happening. I, mm. I
2: saw it when I saw the headline in the notes that you put <laughs> together for each episode. Yeah.
1: So, uh, we... I don't think we mentioned it because it wasn't particularly newsworthy at the time. There's a slightly slimmer PS5 revision coming. You can get it without a disk drive and then add a disk drive later if you want, etc. Um... It doesn't come with a vertical stand. So,
2: so you can also add a stand if you want to sometime later.
1: Yeah. So the the console that when it has a disc disc drive doesn't really sit on its side very well. This new revision isn't any cheaper and it doesn't come with a with a stand the way the original did. You've got to pay 25 pounds if you want a, a
2: vertical stand for it. That sounds ideal.
1: 25 Despite just, yeah, despite the original model coming with a stand for free for the same despite price. Despite the fact
0: that it's a flat bit of plastic.
1: Oh, no, no, it's a flat bit of plastic with a metal ring around it. Ooh. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Well, why are they only
0: charging 25 for it?
1: <laughs> uh, the last bit of news, this is, I, I saved this one for last so we'd have a little laugh to end on. You know Mario Wonder at the time of recording isn't even out like officially yet? i
2: Uh, have heard that yeah it's like two days it'll be out tomorrow as of recording i think
1: it'll be out in new zealand by the time this goes up um but as of like 24 48 hours before this episode goes up there's already mods for the game for people (laughs) playing on emulators there's there's a little flower in the game that has voice acting and says voice lines to you and people have already modded him to say fuck lovely no people have modded him, so every time you see him, he tells you to fuck off. No notes whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, pe- people have been modding a lot of voice lines into this little flower's mouth. And in- in the- here's the thing. Nintendo has been trying to take these clips down. Not, like, general gameplay clips of the game, specifically the clips where the flower says fuck. They don't want their, their family-friendly flower doing a swear. I want their family-friendly flower doing a swear. Why don't yeah, they just right. to me and what that i sounds want. like a That sounds like a better way to play the game. I wish I was playing the game, but the flower says fuck. Uh, I'm just, just
2: thinking, the thinking the about game. all the other things that that flower is going to be made to say, though. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's, it's I mean, sure when I say get some hold things. of
0: the mods, Jonathan's going to get all sorts of interesting messages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. So there we go, we did it. We, we, we yeah. did yeah. it.
0: Laura, what else have you done?
1: What hey, mate, 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 what you done? Mate, yeah, mate. Yeah. What you done? What you done? Uh well this week I got I got a whole bunch of stuff happening this week. The day that this episode goes up, I've got a new book out. <gasps> it's 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 called Stories of Autistic Joy. It is an anthology of autistic people sharing stories of lived experiences of joy. That that you know, that could be in the form of stuff like uh uh, the joy of of uh, uh, sitting and organising things obsessively. It could be, like, s- someone sharing an essay about, like, here's this thing I hope I fixate about, and I want you to understand why I find it so fascinating. It might just be the joy of self-understanding and coming to terms with who you are as a person, It is just a bunch of autistic people from around the world sharing stories of what joy feels like to them and how they experience it, and I'm so proud of having put this book together. I love it so much. Stories of Autistic Joy, out now. Also, end of November, November 28th, I believe, Gender Euphoria is available as an audiobook. I am the narrator on the audiobook. You can listen to, like, multiple hours of me reading stories at you, um... I did all my studio sessions last week in like a fancy studio in London, did all my little line takes. Uh that'll be out end of next month. Uh other than that, just find me at Laura K Buzz everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Blue Sky Mastodon. Uh Accessibility every Friday on YouTube. Uh we have two episodes this week. One went up on Monday, Spider-Man 2 Accessibility Review. There's one going up tomorrow that is about the leaked one-handed Xbox controller and some of its accessibility um, potential implications. Uh, Whole bunch of stuff. Go search Laura Buzz, you'll find all the things I'm doing.
2: What about you, Conrad? Oh, you can find me at Conrad Zimmerman on Instagram and Blue Sky. You can hang out with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. I've been dividing up my time between playing Stardew Valley and uh, painting the minis. They're coming along. Um, I think I finally figured out what I'm ultimately going to do with them. Um, But that's a bigger, longer term project. You can buy anti capitalist propaganda and official Jimquisition merchandise at mercenarycreative.com and everything that I do gets supported through Patreon at Patreon.com slash Fist Shark. And you know who else has a Patreon? James Stephanie Sterling.
0: It's true. It is true. Patreon.com slash GymQuisition. That's that Patreon for you. Um the uh kid bandit versus commander sterling match the no dq um which is, uh, was reviewed by a uk deathmatch reviewer recently so it was one of the most fun things they'd seen that y- this year um huge like positive response to it that's on the true grit wrestling youtube channel um just 28 minutes of, of- nerdy deathmatch nonsense um, do please check that out if you're so inclined um my next wrestling date is actually this sunday i'll be in manchester for sovereign pro wrestling at SovPro on social. Then on the 30th, I've not been announced. I was told I'm on it. Um, but I should be on PCW's Halloween show on the 30th. Um, and that will be, I think, in Blackpool. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but for definite, though, Pro Wrestling in Manchester this Sunday. Uh, hopefully I'll see you there. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all so much. We will see you next week, though. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.